0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to the Theater Podcast, intimate, personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and today I am talking with the wonderful and lovely Kate who you may know as Miss Jen from High School Musical, The Musical, The Series. And they're currently finishing their second season on Disney+. Plus. She has numerous Broadway credits as well. She is just a fun delight. She doesn't know it yet, but we're best friends now. We kind of covered the gamut in this conversation. She had a dirty band called Tasty Skank, And now has transitioned from that, of course, into working for Disney and High School Musical, the musical, of the series. She has a lovely love-hate relationship with social media, as I do too, and we kind of bond over that. But she is just a wonderful delight to talk to. Find me online on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast on Facebook slash official theater podcast. Please leave a rating and a review wherever you are listening. And now, everybody, please enjoy this episode with Kate Rinders. Here you go. One, two, three... Today's guest is a true multi-talented performer with Broadway credits, including Beautiful, Portia in Something Rotten, Glinda in Wicked, and even June in the 2003 revival of Gypsy with Bernadette Peters. TV credits include Ugly Betty, Modern Family, and of course, Miss Jen, the drama teacher in High School Musical, The Musical, The Series, currently finishing its second season on Disney+. Kate Reinders, welcome to the theater podcast.
0: Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: You are very welcome. I want to start and ask you real quick about the name Rinders because there are many common names, many names that you see throughout my life. This is the first time I have ever run across a Rinders, and just real quick, I want to know like what the background is, what's the family lineage. And
0: but also, I want to ask you. I mean, how did you really want to pronounce it when you read it?
1: Reindeers.
0: Yes, I know, right? Well, that's great, because then I have a whole holiday season. Um, <laughs> no, Reinders is, Reinders is Dutch, and um, I believe it means of the Rhine. Um, and I think the story is, um, it was spelled at some point like R-I-J-N or something. So yes, mm-hmm. so it's Dutch. And um, and yeah, nobody nobody really knows how to say it. And I have learned to embrace that. Because also, you know, who doesn't want to be a reindeer? And of course, when I was a kid and I got a cold or allergies, which I also have, I would be Rudolph the Red Nose Rinders.
1: <laughs> that's you know, like, it's great just to have like a built-in nickname. Kids are kids are the cruelest <laughs> uh and and the most creative in their cruelty. <laughs> when you were a kid though, uh where where did you grow up though? What got you into theater?
0: I grew up in Michigan, Western Michigan. So if you're looking at the mitten, um, it is, you know, below the pinky. I, I don't, I, whatever, you you can see it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yes, yeah, so on the west side, um, small town, but it was like a group of small towns. So... Um, In the bigger city town, there was a summer stock theater called Cherry County Playhouse, which had been up in Traverse City, but then came down to Muskegon, Michigan. I'm actually from Spring Lake, but Muskegon, Michigan was the next, you know, town, town. And yeah, there was a summer stock theater and they did shows every summer. And one summer I was doing a theater day camp because my mom, who knew me so well, said, oh, there's this day camp thing, and you you sing, and you dance, and you act, and you make masks, and you do miming or something. I mean, it was just, it was everything. She said, it sounds like something you'd really be into. And I said, absolutely, sign me up. And the woman in charge of that then said to my mom, they're looking for kids for their production of Gypsy, starring Rita Moreno. <laughs> and I was thinking Kate should should be in it. And... That was the beginning of the rest of my life.
1: Rita Moreno. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you've you've worked with some big names even from the very beginning. And I mean, at that point in Mm -hmm. your life, though, did you know how big of a deal that was to work with Rita Moreno?
0: No, of course not. Because also, let's remember, everybody, I am not a young spring chicken i'm not an old old hen but um but <laughs> there when i was growing up there you know there wasn't broadway.com and the podcasts and like all, all i knew about broadway actually i don't even know if i knew anything when i did gypsy all i knew was when we got a vhs player which also nobody knows what that is my dad rented two movies and the first two movies he rented were fiddler on the roof and Dental. And so, and then every, I don't know if it was Easter, but we would watch Sound of Music whenever it came on TV. And then of course I like recorded it on a tape so that I could watch it whenever I wanted. Um, but so I was just always drawn to musicals before I even knew what Broadway was. I just, yeah, I just loved it. I spoke the language.
1: I guess, did you get to watch West Side Story? And then you go back and you're like, oh, Rita Moreno. Yeah. That was that person I did that thing with. She's on TV now.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 of course. But I mean, she was so just down to earth and kind and just such a spitfire that, um, yeah, she she wasn't, you know, starry at all. Um, so, yeah, but when I watched it, I was like, whoa. And then um, when else was I starstruck? Um, I did a tiny part in the movie while you were sleeping. And... I, of course, hadn't seen any R-rated movies. So I had never seen Speed. I didn't know who Sandra Bullock was, but I worked with her, you know, just like did a couple scenes with her and then went home and got to watch Speed, which also started my Keanu Reeves obsession, you know, put him in my locker. But that's when I really was like, oh, she's a big star. And I talked to her like a normal person and she was really nice, like a normal person. And 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 that is a little weird, I think, when you're like... This magical movie world is actually made up of real people. But Rita's an egot. I mean, my first star is a, the hugest.
1: That's incredible. I think one of my one of my first stars uh that I worked with was um was Casey Nicola, but before he was a star, he gave me my first professional gig, but then worked with work with, I'll put in air quotes, uh, was Paul Servino, you know, from Oh, yeah, yes. Tracy, yes. Right? I did Fiddler with Paul Servino. <gasps> he was all I remember from that is that he was he was really kinda shy and drank a lot of root beer, canned root beer.
0: Canned root beer,
1: interesting. Yeah, Sweet the but
0: not caffeine. Um, and what 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 were you in fiddler on the roof?
1: I was the fiddler. Oh,
0: That's so awesome. Did you really play?
1: No, I I played violin when I was a kid, but not enough to like play it, play it on stage. So I got cast partially for my ability to move, sit on a roof and act like I can realistically play a fiddle.
0: I mean, that is the triple threat if I've ever heard one.
1: Right, right. Um,
0: So that's amazing. I played violin when I was little too, but I don't think I could have done those other things.
1: Well, climbing a ladder and sitting on a roof is is not hard for a lot of people. So I, I think you could have done it. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> so I don't know.
1: Made your Broadway debut in 2001, right? The Adventures of Tom Sawyer.
0: Yes.
1: And it's Broadway debut. It's a special occasion. And I was reading all about this and it's like made a Broadway debut as a swing and an understudy. And I was like, well, were you, you were both? You were swing and an understudy? So there's a couple questions wrapped up in here. One mm-hmm. is you like... You know, you get cast. Excitement number one. You uh-huh. know the show is going to Broadway. Excitement number two. Uh-huh. And then, as a swing and an understudy, like the show opens, are you are you just like is does the excitement kind of just remain? You're like, what am I going on? What am I going on? What am I going on? What am I going to make okay. my, my debut? Okay.
0: Well, the story and the story of that show, Tom Sawyer, is that I when actually when I was first cast for the workshop, um, I was cast in the ensemble to understudy Becky Thatcher, and then they called me and they said, so listen, you know, whatever, we're cutting or we're, we have to trim things and we're getting rid of an ensemble girl, boy, man, woman. And so, but we would like to keep you as the understudy, but now can you be offstage as the swing and cover all the girls? So of course, what did I say? I still get to be in the show? Yes, yes, whatever. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, And so then I became the offstage swing. And then when we went out of town to New Haven, I actually did, I went on for all the ensemble girls, not Becky Thatcher, but, and that was when we were out of town. So we were changing choreography every day, changing numbers. I mean, Joshua Park, our Tom Sawyer learned a whole new opening solo song one day and then just like put it in that night. I mean, things get crazy. Um, but so the thing is though, when you say, Broadway debut? Do you mean in a show on Broadway, or do you mean like step foot on a Broadway stage? Because that's another question I have for you. Did you want to know what the difference is between an understudy and a swing?
1: No, no, I know, I know what an understudy and a swing is. I, I just, <laughs> I just, I guess it's unusual for me to hear someone who is both because a swing is is a hard enough job, and then when you add in you know, understudying or whatnot. I guess it, you know, it sort of makes sense depending on how much the person you're understudying is actually out and how many other swings you have. But that seems like a hell of a lot of work. But you're
0: right. But you're right. What were they going to do if if Becky and one of the girls was sick? Well, there was another, um, Nikki James actually was the other Becky cover. So I would have gone on for the person she would have gone on for Becky. Who knows? The point is the show closed after two weeks. Well, so we never well, to got an, to find right, out. Right,
1: it wasn't. It wasn't very long. So I guess for me, for me, then to answer your question about Broadway debut, I guess going on stage for a paying audience uh, after previews. Yes. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Paying audience after previews, Broadway stage. I was a pig. You were the pig.
0: I was a pig, and into the woods. That was my Broadway debut. I know. I know. <laughs> I know you're jealous, and uh, I know everyone is. Um, but yes, so uh, when I did the revival of Into the Woods and I, again, was um, supposed to be Snow White um, and then we went out of town to the Amundsen and they said, okay, so listen, so um, so for Out of Town, we're just going to cut Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, but we're going to bring them back on Broadway. And I was like, uh-huh. Um, again, I'm still in the show. Great. Uh, and then I was Milky White at the Amundsen. But then this is when we were figuring out how to do Milky White with the puppetry and the things and the whatever. And I sort of got like carpal tunnel, couldn't turn my head. And the puppeteer people had said, why are you doing this? It it should be like a man, a gymnast or something. You are this tiny five foot two little, like you should not, you can't physically do this. And so then, um, then when we went to Broadway, Chad became Milky White and I switched places with him and became an offstage swing because he was the offstage cover of the men. So then I became the offstage cover of the women. And yes, Snow White did not come back. And I was again offstage. But when I went on, I went on for one of the three little pigs who runs after the wolf (laughs) in Hello Little Girl. And I bowed as a pig. And I remember thinking, my dream has come true. In all seriousness. But like, I am standing on a Broadway stage and I am bowing. And I didn't, I didn't, who cares that I was a pig? I was also on the Tonys as a pig with the brick, though. I was the smart one. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So, so you, you made your Broadway debut, you got, you, you had the applause, the roar of the audience, and you went on the Broadway stage. I think Mm -hmm. that counts. It doesn't matter if you were second Bush from the left.
0: Thank you very much. I agree.
1: I think, I think that's perfect. That's perfect. And then the next thing, right, was... (laughs) was Gypsy, right? So am I getting yeah. the timeline right? Okay, so yes. then you were June, and it seems like mm-hmm. from there you got shot out of a cannon because all of a sudden people know you're not just a pig.
0: <laughs> or am I? Um, Yeah, no, I, I know. Actually, that was, that was Jim Carnahan uh, having faith in me because I remember saying to my friend who worked with him, I said, do you think maybe he'll let me audition to understudy June? because of course I'd been understudy, understudy, swing, swing. And he said, no, he wants to bring you in for June. And so that was Jim Carnahan having faith in me. And then um, I actually, between those two shows, I went to Minneapolis to do Frog and Toad at the children's theater there. And so I was there in Minneapolis and it was the first anniversary of and. They asked me to do the callback for Gypsy and fly to London to meet Sam Mendes. The wonderful people at the Children's Theater said, yes, you have to go. We're going to make costumes for your understudy right now. You're, you're going to miss a couple shows. It's fine. We're taking you to the airport. We've got this. You've got this. Let's go. They brought me to the airport. There was nobody there. There was nobody on the plane because it was 9-11. It was so weird. And um, I got off the plane. I auditioned for Sam. He drove me back to the Donmar Warehouse office in his car, which had a car seat in it. And I remember thinking, um, Kate Winslet's baby goes in that car seat. I was very excited. And then, yeah, and then they sent me back to Minneapolis and, you know, he told me I got it. But yeah, I mean, I really did get shot out of cannon. I was, I was a pig. And then I went to Minneapolis and was a bird and a, and a little frog and a squirrel, I think. And um and then yeah and then I got to be
1: June,
0: <laughs> then I got to be Bernadette Peters' daughter.
1: <laughs> June and Gypsy, Caroline in Good Vibrations, and yeah. so you all of a sudden you're just getting these leads, and I think at that point too, are you are you starting to move and in transition into the TV and the and uh, I guess yeah the TV sort of area or because at that time I I. Don't know of a lot of actors who were doing that crossover just of yet. Because there wasn't a lot of TV being shot in New York.
0: No, no, I, I wasn't. I mean, I was, I was Broadway all the way. I didn't really start auditioning seriously for TV, um, I would say, until, until I did Wicked. But really, what got me into TV, I think, was when I had my comedy duo, Tasty Skank. And that was with Sarah Litzinger, and she was Belle, and I was Glinda, and we we made up Tasty Skank, and which was, um, you guys, for those of you who don't know, which I can't imagine why you wouldn't, we um, were like we were like Tenacious D with titties. We sang beautiful songs about dirty things. <laughs> And it was hilarious. And we went to, so uh, yeah, so when we were done with our Broadway shows, we went to the Aspen Comedy Festival, the HBO Festival, and we actually won the breakout award there. This was in 2007, January of 2007. So then we got a development deal with Sony, and but then the writer's strike happened and it was a whole big, long story. But so that is how I sort of, that's how I got my LA manager, who then got me a different agent. Who then, I think really, I mean, I think, yeah, TV, I don't know. I just, for me personally, I felt like I needed to be in the room with people auditioning. And so for comedy, especially, and for me, that meant LA, really. So, I mean, even though the first TV show I did, the Sherry, you know, Sherry, with starring Sherry Shepard, it shot in New York, but I auditioned for it in LA.
1: Mm-hmm
0: and then it was awesome cuz then i got to come home
1: to do it here. oh that's great I mean, and side note i i actually have i was going to ask you about tasty skank and <laughs> cuz i found record of it online and i until you just said it i didn't know how to pronounce it i was going to ask you what tastis kank was
0: no i know there's reindeer's and there's tasty scar and T-
1: <laughs> tasty
0: Pasta Skank. Listen, Tasty Skank, yes, it's a made-up word, but listen, it's because when we were making up our band... And we had just, we'd written two songs with our friend, Paul Gordon, you know, who's an actual Tony nominated composer, um, and a real amazing, <laughs> uh, actual, uh, musician. No, but Sarah can write a hook like nobody's business, but we had written a couple songs with him. And so we were like, we wrote two songs. We're a band and we were in the hot tub at the Oakwood Apartments in Toluca Lake because, Jackie Pirro was going through there with some tour at the Pantages. I don't remember what show it was, but, um, anyway, we were, we may have been drinking something in the hot tub and she was like, well, what's the name of your band? If you have two songs, you need a name. And we were like something sweet and sour, something like naughty and nice. So, you know, something tasty and skanky. And then we were like, tasty skank. There you go.
1: I actually wanted to bring this up because tasty skank, dirty comedy, um, you seem like uh, a, a a lady who's just real. Not you don't sugarcoat it, right? But yeah. now you work for Disney.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yeah. and I feel like Disney, Disney nothing against Disney, but obviously that's family friendly and they don't want you as like a big name in one of their shows to like have a band about dirty things, right? right. Was there is when, when you're auditioning for Disney, when any of this stuff is coming up, do they ask you about any of this or are they like, listen, Kate, we really need you to distance yourself from your skanky past?
0: You know, I wondered about that and they really have not said anything. Um... And what's funny is that one of our Sony people works at Disney and, uh, I saw her after my final test and she said, Oh, I, and then, you know, and then there you were tasty skank Kate, but I don't know if she just kept the secret or if they decided they didn't care or, um, I don't know. Uh, but I was worried and I'm so happy because the thing is tasty skank is yes, it's, it's me, but it's a heightened version, right? It's an act. It's a joke. It's, based on truth, but right. And then the thing is though, me, you know, like Christian girl from Michigan, mom, so much of me is Disney that really like Miss Jen is so me, but heightened version. So yeah, so they're both me. And I'm just glad that Disney, you know, recognized that it was a joke i mean we have a comedy award so obviously <laughs> we're funny we're very very funny it's a joke and a good one <laughs> um but yeah but i don't know i don't think you know it's also like when you have a kid it's yeah at some point luke is going to look stuff up and i hope he's gonna say mommy was funny um <laughs> and probably and, and mommy was cute
1: hopefully He'll say that. Don't worry. He'll say that, and then I'll get teased by his friends, and then uh, you know that's going to cause a complex, and such no, 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 as parents, listen, that's no, as parents no, no, right, anyway. And that's
0: me doing my job, and right. I'll just start saving for the therapy
1: now. As as one should, I think yes. we should. Yes, we should lobby for the government free therapy for all. <laughs> okay, so something you said that I didn't know about was the the Christian background. I want to dig into that a little bit because oh, sure, yeah, yeah, because the the okay, Christian girl in Michigan. I grew up in sort of the. Um, the I guess you would call it the Bible Belt of North Carolina, right? Uh-huh. And and for me, I always was sort of like I was never in it from a young young age, and I got in it um, in that scene when I had to to date girls. I couldn't. I wasn't allowed <laughs> uh-huh. to date girls who I didn't go to church with. That their parents wouldn't let me, right? And so uh-huh. my whole my whole view of this of religion in general is is kind of skewed and and a little bit unique. We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. You now, I want to hear your take on things and and sort of how it's shaped who you are now because you said, like, obviously, Miss Jen is a heightened version of you and Tasty Skank is another different heightened version of you, et cetera, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. where, how did you become you sort of balancing what, I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, so no, I understand. I, how, did, how did you balance what the expectations of being a Christian person is ver- against uh, uh, theater and performing, which I feel like don't always go hand in hand?
0: No, I yeah, and I think I know what you're what you're saying. Um, okay, so yes, yeah, so very young. I mean, since I was born, Christian school, K through 12, church every Sunday. But if you notice, my dad, the first two tapes he brought home were Fiddler on the Roof and Yentl. So, um, so, but the, but I was, yes, very, very sheltered in this tiny, like Christian reformed Dutch community. And then it was actually theater that opened my eyes and it just kept opening them to the real world. And, um, the producer of Cherry County Playhouse, Neil Rosen was such a big influence on my life, such a mentor to me. And yes, Jewish and, um, and actually a big a big defining moment in my life is when I fir- when I went to the university of Michigan for a semester, but my first semester there, he passed away. Ooh. And, and I remember saying to my dad, um, sorry, but I remember saying to him because Neil had fought cancer for a long time. And so when I was in high school, I said, okay, but dad, listen, Neil's a Jew and the best person I know. And so if he dies, well, I- and, you know, everybody at school thinks, oh, he's going to hell or whatever. And I said, if that is true, I cannot believe in this God. If that is true, I, I, I'm i out. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. And my dad said, well, the God that you know, do you think he is making rules to keep people, good people, close to him? or Or do you think he's making rules to keep them out, away from him? And so then... You know, then that helped. And I said, Okay. And then but like I said, theater really opened my eyes too, because that's where I remember coming home one summer and saying, This guy has a boyfriend who came to visit him. What's what's that? Like he's so cute and nice and, and he has a boyfriend, but he's a boy. And my dad said, Well, that's you know, that's what this is. And I was like, Oh, and it's great and they're very nice. And yeah, so it was a little bit, um, I don't know, know what to call it, like whiplashy. <laughs> but, you know, to be at school and be sort of taught Uh, these people, these others are not like us and and they're wrong and whatever. And then go to theater and, and also at the, in the theater, that's where I was loved for. I was very, I was a very late bloomer. I was very, very small for my age. I was very talkative, you know, like I kept getting the uh, the report cards like, "Mm, she's very bright, but she talks too much. Um, But all those things in theater they were embraced and, you know, celebrated. And so really I felt better about myself in theater. I loved all these people. They seemed kinder. They seemed like the kindest people I'd ever met. And actually I always said too, I felt like I really saw God, like saw God's hand and saw God at work. And the people who I guess, I don't want to say like who weren't Christian, but but um maybe where where I wasn't, Taught to expect to see it,
1: right? Right? Yeah. I, does that make
0: sense?
1: Absolutely, it absolutely does, and I, I think it's it's kind of the creation, right? It's I, what did someone say to me the other day? It's like God, God didn't, God created people in His image, but that the meaning behind that is not walking upright, two arms, two legs. It's it's the ability to create. So yes. this deity created beings who can continue to create. Yes, And and to me, and I've said this so many times on this podcast, to me, my spirituality, I'm not a religious person at all. And my spirituality though, is, is sitting in a theater with a thousand of your closest strangers and, or more, and all feeling the same thing at the same time and going on a journey together without, like, I'm getting goosebumps talking about this right now, that, that... Yeah that that's my spirituality like walking in and walking into a room and immediately being connected with somebody or sitting in an audience and feeling the presence of everyone or just starting to cry because 50 people around you are crying that's it's that's what to me makes us unique and makes us godlike
0: Yes. I absolutely agree with you. And I think that's, that's it too, is that I was raised in this one, this very religious way, but it was away from the actual religion part that that's where I felt spiritual as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like the first time you hear the orchestra play the overture, especially of Gypsy. Right. And, um, and, and these kids, like these kids that I work with, I remember, like Dara, Renee was singing one day because they all just like, you know, just like Joe will play and they'll sing. But I thought, yes, there's no way you can listen to her, watch her sing and not believe in God. So, yes, that's where I see it, too. That's where I feel it, too.
1: It's it's vibrations. Everything to me is is vibrations. It's rhythmic. It's It's the you know, the circular, I mean, we're getting, we're getting off on so many I love, I love it. I love this stuff. Uh, (laughs) It's, you know, the rhythm of the, of the moon revolving around the earth, rhythm of the tides, the rhythm of our heartbeat, the literal rhythm of music, the rhythm of sex, the rhythm of all Mm -hmm. of this is what, is what brings us together with life. The rhythm of the city when you're outside and you just feel the ebbs and the flows of everything. And, um, Mm -hmm. somebody who, who, one of my friends who went, who goes to school for, um, she calls herself an audiophile. I forget what her actual degree is in, but she she said that uh, that our heartbeats try to synchronize with uh, bass lines. Cool, right? Yeah. So that's why people are really drawn to that that rhythm, and
0: they like that, that deep club bass. music.
1: You know, the oons oons mm-hmm, oons of a club, mm-hmm. right? Because because in it,
0: yeah, because you feel it through your body. Right. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: So that when she said when she told me that, I was I was blown away because I was like, yeah, like that's, that's what I, in my head, I'm always singing the bass line. And because I grew up singing bass and baritone anyway. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) You sound like it. Yeah, you definitely sound like it. Yeah, Uh, So yeah, that, I thought that was interesting. So High School Musical. So the musical, the series, I, is very, very, it's a very meta show. I love it. It's, (laughs) it's like, uh, let's see, it's docu-style elements and it's got some real life. So you're actually filming in Salt Lake City, right? Where the movie was filmed, the original yes. movie?
0: Yes. That's right. In the high school where the movie was filmed.
1: So is that's it an right. active high school though? Or is it the set?
0: It is. Well, I mean, yes, it it is an active high school. And then this year with the pandemic, it wasn't. And then that was tricky. And then um it but it's back. But now I think it's over because it's June. Yeah. No, we were in there, but we also have a set. You know, mm-hmm. as well.
1: So are there are there are actual like classes and kids and everything going on, and they're like, yeah.
0: Well, we try to do it on the weekends. Really, we would try to shoot on the weekends. So we would have a weird like, um, I mean, not weird to me, right? To work on the weekends, but I guess we would do like Wednesday through Sunday. But then the kids would still rehearse on Monday
1: and Tuesday. Right. Okay. So what did you do for the rest of the week then? Like you're you're hanging out in Salt Lake We City. would shoot.
0: Well, we have yeah. Well, we have we have sets also in this big building. So they have also built some like school sets. Mm. So like a hallway, my office, now the AV room, uh, the rehearsal room. I hope I'm not ruining the magic for anybody. But no, but when you do go to the school, I mean, that is the cafeteria. That is the theater. Have you seen seen the
1: movie before you, you auditioned for it?
0: You know, I was a little bit... Uh, well, I guess I was like right the age, but I, I was a little bit older. I, I didn't really watch the movies until they were making the movie into the first Colin, the musical, High School Musical, the musical. And they were making it the stage version. And they had me play Sharpay in that in the workshops. Mm-hmm. And I was Glinda at the time. So I did my research. And yes, I watched them. And I thought they were so fun. Well, it's,
1: it's so much fun to me to, to see... Uh, I mean it, it this to me is sort of like a continuation of 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 glee cuz I grew up watching a lot of glee and for me to to see sort of this uh this younger generation glee for me was right gosh it was it was like when youtube was coming out and social media hadn't been out yet mm-hmm. or hadn't hasn't been invented yet really and right. now everyone can be uh, a, a musical theater star on TikTok, or you know, they could do duets with their favorite Broadway stars and everything. I know. And I know. For me, though, Glee inspired so many people to get into performing, to get into musical theater, and and you know, the, like the uh, the people in the Midwest who may never get the opportunity to come to New York, who may, or even in New York, who may never be able to afford a Broadway ticket, which is another problem. Mm-hmm. These kids mm-hmm. had they found they found that there are other people like them. And yeah. so now high school musical, the musical, the series, to me is sort of continuing what what Glee sort of started for me, in that it it's exposing yet another group of the next generation to what they can become.
0: Do you love us as much as you loved Glee?
1: For me, Glee has a nostalgia <laughs> that I have to say, wore off by the end of the series. It, it
0: Okay, okay. Um,
1: um, but the original was, it was very unique. It was very different. And uh, But then this High School Musical, this, the musical, this series. Uh-huh. <laughs> how many colons can you put in a title? Uh, more. Yeah. We're going to okay, put more. Okay, good, good, The sequel.
0: And then I think colon, like the Miss Jen story. Colin, starring Kate Reinders.
1: Colon. New spinoff. And the reindeer. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, for me, I think... It, it, it. Now that I'm a parent, it, I approach it from a different lens because I'm trying right. to I'm trying to expose my kids to things that I want that I I want them to hold on to to something and figure out what they're going to gravitate towards. Like I gravitated towards Glee, like I gravitated towards Music Man and West Side Story and the other yes. VHS tapes that I watched when I was a kid. Yeah. So yep. you know, right now the, I got two boys everything is pokemon but they love to sing. They love they love the soundtrack to Frozen 2, not 1 for whatever reason, but Frozen 2. Oh, and a little darker. I know, a little little darker. Um <laughs> yeah, I hear my 6-year-old in the shower going, ah, you know, just doing, <laughs> doing that of like, oh, he's okay, singing Frozen again. Um but yeah, I think it I think it is doing that and I think it everything that is like this that shows peers, uh, kids of, of the same age as them doing, you know, I guess doing this, uh, what other people or what they feel like they want to do, what they feel like they need to be doing. And there's a people, there's a people, there's a group of people that I believe have a real natural, again, going back to spirituality, right? Have a, have a Mm -hmm. calling towards having to perform, toward having to sing. And if they feel drawn to this, but they're in a community or a family even that doesn't support this or doesn't even know about it. And then mm-hmm. on on demand now, it's not just like tune in at eight o'clock on NBC. It's on demand in your pocket. Take it with you everywhere you want. You can just sit down by yourself and connect with these characters and connect with these actors who now you can access through so- social media anyway. I know.
0: I know. It is a different world.
1: Do you, do you? I
0: I don't know. I don't know if it would have been good for me at that age. However, the kids you're talking about who watch our show, I want to be there for them. I want to be accessible to them. I want to encourage them. I want to support them. So I, um, I do love Instagram in that I feel like I can be there. Um, you know, to be the teacher that we all wish we had i mean i had a great mm-hmm. teacher i don't know if you did but but yeah i agree with you that there are kids that that i'm so happy we're reaching them
1: do you have do you have people reaching out to you do you have kids reaching out to you or even parents i guess who were like
0: um, can't well, yeah, well, you know, I, um, <laughs> so funny because my friend told me to join Cameo and I said, oh, but I don't, nobody wants to hear from me. Why would I, I don't want to talk, nobody wants to talk to me. What do I have to say? And then I talked to Jason Earls who, you know, he works on our show and he is really the glue that holds us all together. And, um, and I'm a little obsessed with him. Uh, he played Miley Cyrus's older brother on Hannah Montana, mm-hmm. in case you didn't know. But of course, I didn't know because I was too old to know. But all the kids knew, and he's just—he's just. I mean, he's the camp counselor, or and the drama teacher, and the and my—he supports me and my codependency. But um, he said to me, he said, "Well, why would you do cameo?" And I said, "Well, to to give kids encouragement, to give them advice, or to answer questions they have." Or and he said, "Okay, well." If that's what I mean, do you want to do that? And I said, yes, of course, I want to talk to the kids. Like I would want to do, you know, a a mass, not a master class, but like, yes, open up the zoom, let the kids ask me whatever they want to know. Um so I did, so I signed up for it. And yes, it's like it's parents and it's younger kids, but it's also it's a mix of people who like Miss Jen, who relate to Miss Jen or who feel inspired by her and and yeah, and I love talking to them.
1: There are so many people out there that want to understand. I mean, that's why this podcast exists. For for me, in my mind, it's people want to know why the peop, why and how the people they look up to got to where they are, and how they maintain that, and how they maintain their success and their stress, and all the things that that they fe- that make them feel alone. To know that. They're not. To know that it's normal to feel down, to know that it's normal to have anxiety, it's normal to, to feel bad after your 10th rejection, after your 10th audition, yeah. right? This is all normal stuff, but nobody wants to mm-hmm. talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about any of this because now, going back to social media, all you want to post are the happy times. You want to make people want to be you to feel better because you're feeling bad because you can't relate to other people. It's this nasty cycle. So obviously, as we're recording this, uh, season two is still being released of High School Musical, the musical, the series on Disney+. And so go check that out. And now I want to wrap up with the three standard closing questions that I asked everybody to wrap up the episodes. The first one, very simply, is what motivates you? What does
0: motivate me? Well, I would say it used to be that I always wanted to be part of, I wanted to be part of the the best thing, the the most magic, you know, get to be a part of that story being told. but But now I guess what motivates me is, yeah, my son wanting to make his world a great place.
1: I like that. All right, so the next question then is, what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path?
0: I would say that the more you can know who you are, And the more you can be confident in who you are, the better and hold on to that because it's coming at you every which way who people think you should be, who you think you should be and especially now comparing yourself to other people. And, but it's the stuff that's unique about you that makes you special, makes you a wonderful friend, makes you a wonderful performer, makes you a great person. And so, um, Just really try to figure that out and hold on to it. So
1: easy to start slipping. Mm -hmm. All right. So hardest question here. Last one is if you could only see one show for the rest of your life, you can see it as (laughs) many times as you want. What would you see?
0: Is it the same cast? Up to you. Is it all different things?
1: So let's see. Uh, So the same cast, same show, just over and over again. You're stuck on a desert island with a VHS player, one tape and power. What would you watch?
0: Well, I mean, I guess I've already done that in my childhood. Yeah, VHS. Uh, yeah, and a and a tape player and a uh, Mary Poppins. Always over Disney? and over and over.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I love that. That's <laughs> I, I love. I watched a lot. That and Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Those were my two. Oh yeah,
0: that was good too. But my I mean, old classics. But I was. I mean, I think I saw Mary Poppins though. It was one of the first things I saw, and I did. I was just you know her singing, her voice, the magic. And I, and I was like, when is that nanny coming to my house? <laughs> Just looking out the window.
1: I want happiness, too.
0: <laughs> I yeah. want
1: to jump into the chalk drawing. I, I want to fly a kite. Someone take me outside. Yes. Yeah, I get that. All right. And so, Dick Van Dyke. Ugh. Oh, of course, Dick Van Dyke. So where can we find you online on social media?
0: Um, at Kate Rinders is my Instagram. And um, yeah, and you can be my friend on Facebook, I think. But I also don't really do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Instagram it is. I guess uh, you so. Can, <laughs> you can get more of me at the theaterpodcast.com. I'm on Instagram. I know my Twitter password. Uh, I'm, a, I'm at theater underscore podcast. Please leave a rating, a review, share the podcast, share this word. Watch High School Musical, the series. Wait, did I say that right? Watch High School Musical, the musical, the series. There we Good go. Job. On Disney+. Plus. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro, outro, music, and Kate, thank you so much. I've had so much fun talking to you today. I know, me too. Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful.